A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the Retirement Toolbox. It's going to be another great episode to today of the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Searles here alongside Scott Searles. And today we're going to be talking about how money ads catch our attention. This should be a lot of fun to discuss. Before we dive into all of that, if you're new to the show, Scott is the president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area, also with an office in Bradenton, Florida. You can find him online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. What's up in your world, Scott? How are you this week? I am doing fantastic. I, uh, you know, it's fall. It's my favorite time of year. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I like it. And gonna, my wife has been decorated for Halloween since September. So, uh, you know, we, Wait, she's she's been decorated or she's been decorating. My bad. I, <laughs> make it sound. She's not wearing a costume or anything. She has decorated our house. OK, um, for, for her for, sake, I wanted to clarify that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If she's listening, I, I, I'm sure I will hear about that. But no, she, she, she has, she said she loves the fall and Halloween. So, you know, come middle of September, we were in Halloween mode. Nice. I like that. Uh, my wife is the same way. I, I hate Halloween. I honestly, I could never, what? I, I just have never liked it. Um, just never been a fan. I don't like Halloween. I just, just not a fan. I love what do the fall. You dislike about it. I love everything about the fall, but I just don't like Halloween. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't. I don't like dressing up in costumes. You're um, a party pooper, aren't you? I am. I'm a big party pooper. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, it's just not fun to me. But I'll go along and have fun. But I like going to a pumpkin patch and picking out the pumpkins and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I have good memories of, like, carving pumpkins with my dad growing up, but I never liked actually carving them. It was just kind of gross and nasty, and also I kind of stunk at it, and my dad was so good at anything art-related, so, right. you know, I, I just didn't inherit that skill, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's just uh, all those kinds of combinations of things. I just never really... I didn't grow up in a neighborhood where all the kids went out and trick-or-treated, so it was just sort of like... It was very chill. I don't know. The world's scary enough. We don't need to make it scarier one night a year, you know. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's my Fair philosophy. Enough. Fair but enough. in any event, Connie loves it, and so she's just like your wife. She had all uh, all all the stuff put out in in September. So we have a new addition to the uh, to the display this year too. And I thought thought it was kind of an interesting one. It's what? a skeleton, a blow up skeleton, but with the head of a pumpkin. But it's only like uh, it's only like two feet tall. And like two okay. and a half feet tall. So it's very okay. small and very subtle and a little blow up thing. It's actually very cute looking and it looks like a little kid. It looks like a little kid dressed up standing in your front yard. Um, but my favorite thing is at night when it's time to go to bed and I turn off the, uh, you know, turn off the electrical switch for the, for the pump and everything. You uh-huh. ju- it just looks like a little kid slowly falling backwards and then laying on the ground. <laughs> it's just, and then it looks like you have a dead kid in your front yard. So if someone's driving by, they may, uh, they may be concerned at the time in which it's yes. deflating. Yeah. Oh, look at this cute kid. And then he's just slowly passing out backwards. <laughs> nice. It's quite the visual. So that did make me enjoy Halloween a little bit more this year. There, that provides nightly entertainment, watching that thing deflate a little bit. So, in any event, uh, well, good. Well, enjoy the uh, holiday season, I suppose, the beginning of it 
Uh, Absolutely. I, I look at it this way. To get to the fun stuff of Thanksgiving and Christmas, we got to get through th- uh, Halloween. So we'll, That's true. We'll enjoy it along the way, I suppose. Uh, well, are, do, you, do you have any costumes picked out this year? Are you going to be anything for Halloween? You know, I don't know, even know if we have a, uh, a costume party to go to. Okay. Uh, if we do, I'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. I'm usually one of those last-minute costume kind yeah, of guys. Yeah, okay. That's good. We are in a neighborhood, actually, this year, because uh, we just moved. And so in our new neighborhood, there's a lot of kids in this neighborhood. So maybe for the first time ever, we're actually going to have a decent amount of trick-or-treaters. So maybe we'll get more into it this year and like have some good snacks on hand and like be ready for it this time around. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's get into today's topic, Scott. We've got some good things to talk about. Uh, in addition to talking about how money ads try to catch our attention and breaking all of that down, we're going to have a great question from one of our listeners. Harold has questions about Roth IRAs and converting money. He's almost 60 years old, so we'll dive into that. And we're going to also find out what period in history, other than right now, Scott would love to live in or would prefer to live in. So that'll be kind of fun mm, to discuss yeah. as well. Uh, but let's talk about money ads, Scott. And, and this is the uh, kind of the, the, the back end behind today's topic because, you know, we get bombarded with ads every day, all forms of media, whether it be TV, online, social media, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. That's what our world is, right? Ads, ads, ads. If we unpack some of these headlines and ads a little bit more, here's what I think we're going to be able to find. We're going to be able to more clearly understand what emotions they're trying to elicit from us. And maybe more importantly, we can figure out what they're trying to sell us because it's not always apparent in many right. cases. And so what we did for this episode, I didn't make Scott do this, but I'm sure just from cursory experience, Scott, you'll be just fine in participating in this discussion. Okay. But I just perused the internet for a couple of hours and I just started keeping track of all the various financial planning, investing, retirement ads, whatever. They started popping up my screen or appeared in the margins or an email that I got. Just anything. I started to just scan for hours and I made note of everything that was trying to catch my attention ad-wise in the financial sector. And so I've pulled out some of the messaging, some of the headlines, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I want to throw it at you and see if we can kind of pick these things apart. I don't know if there's going to be something actionable out of today's episode, but I think maybe it'll make us a little savvier. Absolutely. Let's go for it. So one thing that I saw, this was one of the first things that popped up too, was this messaging. And I saw it a few different times. Invest like the 1%. Oh, the 1% people. Yeah. Sort of Mm. flipping the old 1% on the other direction. Like the 1%, you know, oh, you don't want to be part of the 1%. 1% 1%'s evil. 1%'s bad. Well, these ads sort of flip that around and be like, no, no, no. Be like the 1%. Invest like the 1%. So what do you think an ad like that's trying to stoke within us as a, as a, as a user, as a saver, as a retirement planning? Well, you, you obviously, you think of the appeal, right? Think like the 1%. We, we always have had this idea that, you know, people with money make more money and that it is true that there are strategies available to people that have more money that aren't available to other people. But a lot of the times too, um, you know, investing like the 1%, those people, they have the ability to absorb a lot of losses too. That, you know, normal mon pa people normally can't, can't absorb losses or take risks like they do. And some of the things may not be available. So I think ads like that are deceiving in, in that the way that there may be things that are available to people that, you know, are, of you know have more wealth but that doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you either and uh that that's where it it kind of blurs the line a little bit because you know it everybody wants to feel like they're important feel like they're that you know one percent kind of person and i I think that it it 
draws on that and it pulls in you know from that messaging but i think the reality is is that you know a lot of the tactics that may be used might not be you know appropriate for a lot of people so even though it's an attractive message because they're kind of hitting on maybe it's our greed or maybe there's a little bit of a jealousy element to that like mm-hmm. yeah i, w- I want to be like warren buffett like I, of course i want to ed- invest like warren buffett let's say um right. that they're hitting on that element but you're saying that the goal isn't necessarily something that you even want to attain, even though it feels like an attractive thing. Warren Buffett can take a lot more risk than you can as Joe and Blow, you know, 60-year-old, save for retirement your whole life, got a million bucks to last the rest of your life. Totally different scenarios, so you don't want to necessarily invest like the 1% in that case. So they're, yeah. they're, they're selling you something, this idea, that you may not even really want to follow the advice that it leads you to. And it'd be, be more dangerous for your retirement than anything else. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So beware of, one, ads that are kind of hitting on maybe, you know, that greed or that jealousy. If you see an ad or you see something that is drawing you to go make a decision and it's playing off of that emotion, I feel like our our ears should go up, right? We should become alert. Uh, some, something's happening. Some, someone's trying to sell us something. We need to be very mindful of, of what that's leading us to do. Absolutely. All right. Another headline that I saw or it was, you know, appearing on some of these digital ads that I came across was become a market master, mm, become yes. a market master. What are they, mm. uh, what were they trying to get me to do with become a market master? I want to be a market master. That sounds pretty cool. You know, and the reality is I don't know if there's any market masters. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I think, I think, you know, the, the whole idea and what they're trying to do here is they usually have a program or a system of trading and, and usually based on technical indicators and that, you know, if, if you pass the 120 day moving average and you've got, you know, these type of, of different patterns inside the charts that you buy and you sell. And, you know, that may be all well and good and it may work sometimes, but the reality is you can never, you know, like I've said a hundred times, you, the markets are driven by news. You can't predict the news, thus you can't predict the markets. So I think that, you know, if you want to sit all day long and, you know, try to trade in and out and, and become a market master, I've got air quotations while I'm saying that, um, you know, it usually is not going to work out well for you. And the other thing too is, you know, here I had a story. I had a client of mine years and years ago that he was an executive at a company and he had gotten let go. There was an acquisition or whatever. And he had a great deal of money and he decided he lived in New York and he decided they used to have these day trading kind of cafes set up throughout New York. And he, he went in there and that's what he started doing as his full-time job. And, and this was in the early 2000s and that he was trading. He had one of these market master kind of systems he was doing. Well, before you know it, I get a call and he's like, you know what? I lost most of the money I was using and I want to take some money out of my IRA to do that. And of course, I have that conversation, you know, that, you you know, this doesn't, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work out well for you. It's probably not the most prudent way for you to spend your money. Uh, He did it anyway. And eventually he ended up eating through everything following his market master formula. So again, you know, they're, they're trying to sell you a program. Uh, they don't necessarily have any vested interest in your well-being. 
um, besides just selling you a program. I love it. And I think it's really, uh, really helpful to understand that side of it. So become a market master. If you're starting to see messaging like that, really playing in on maybe that do it yourself type mentality. And it's empowering, right? It feels good to have somebody say those kinds of things to you, right? And then to feel empowered in that way. Um, but again, uh, is it even a goal that you want to work toward? Is it even realistic? Um, right. That's, that's uh, you bring up some really good points on that one. All right, another one I saw seemed pretty innocent at first. Secure your future, protect your nest egg. Secure your future, protect your nest egg. I kind of saw those, sometimes those terms would be together. Some ads, they were different, but I kind of lumped these together for our purposes of discussion. I just felt like these these are pretty common sayings and statements that you see in a lot of ads out there. Right, well, who doesn't want to protect their nest egg, right? Everybody right, you can't really does. disagree with any of those things. No, no, I, I think that, that you know, the, the statement is fine. Usually this is something that's championed by insurance companies. Usually insurance companies are pushing this type of message. You'll see insurance company ads saying secure your future, protect your nest egg kind of thing. And usually what they're referring to is an annuity. Now, an annuity, you know, again, may not necessarily be all that bad, and it may fit into your situation, but it's not the all end-all, be-all solution. And certainly, you don't want to have all your money in there either because of the limitations of annuities. The liquidity is the biggest one. You can't, if once you're in there, if it's a 10-year annuity in, you know, three years, you can't take your money out. So, you know, again, it's advertising. And with all of these these advertising, you need to realize that they're trying to get you to do something. They're advertising for a reason, right? They're kind of dwelling on, you know, your fear that you lose your nest egg. Um, and again, you know, having another professional, somebody to help you out to navigate that, hey, maybe something like that would work for you. Maybe it wouldn't. What are the pros and cons? You know, I think that's an important aspect to bring into this with all these ads. As you work with a professional, you know, some of these things may work, maybe not the market master thing. Uh, but you, you, if you have a professional that's going to help guide you and, and do a financial plan and learn about your situation, learn about your family, then, you know, maybe some of these individually may be, apply for a, a portion of what you're trying to do. Love that one, Scott. Good breakdown because I think a lot of our listeners will definitely see that kind of messaging. Mm -hmm. Something else uh, I saw a lot lately has been stock market. Have you worried? Question mark. You know, like uh, or something related to the stock market and worry or you know volatility, right. all of that kind of stuff. Different ads that were just like hammering the stock market lately, and uh, you're going to always see those. But especially lately, we've seen that. Yeah, you know what? And uh, again, it's not a horrible message, right? I mean, you know, especially you know after you know what we've seen this year with the stock market. I mean, a lot of people are worried about the stock market, and I think the messaging kind of leads you to you know they're playing on that fear, playing on that that emotion of everybody, and they eventually do want to sell you something, whether it be some some types of of programs or something to help reduce volatility or portfolio. But getting back to working with an advisor, you should already really be doing this anyway. Only kind of having the money in the market that you, you know, that is appropriate for your situation, having a portfolio structured to manage the volatility, reduce the volatility in the portfolio, especially if you're in the distribution phase of your retirement. The messaging's not bad, uh, but I don't know if that's something you should just be trying to do yourself either or follow their programs. 
Yeah, I think that's a tough one because you could just go in lots of different directions, right? So that's one of those yeah. where it's almost hard to tell what the end result's going to be from somebody with that kind of messaging. So just just realize, I think, okay, someone's trying to play on my emotions a little bit here, worry, fear, greed, jealousy, any of those. If you're feeling that when you see these kinds of ads, that's just, again, if we can just be aware of that, it helps make us smarter throughout the rest of the process. That's sort of the, Absolutely. the point of these. All right, another ad I saw was income should never retire, replace your paycheck for life. This is kind of like the secure your future, protect your nest egg one a little bit, I guess, because I don't know, it's it seems like I'm not going to disagree with that. So it's an attractive message. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Almost every time that you hear something like that, they're, you know, they're referring to income planning or retirement, which most you know, fiduciary financial advisors you're going to work with are going to be doing income planning for you anyway. In essence, what a good financial advisor is going to do is have a paycheck for life. Now, sometimes there's insurance companies with guaranteed income riders on their annuities that you know use that paycheck for life kind of verbiage where you get a you get a steady income every month, a guaranteed payment, annuitization out of an annuity kind of thing. But even, you know, even beyond that, it's a good message because everybody does like you said want to have that paycheck for life, but having that plan, having that strategy is going to help you with that paycheck for life without necessarily having to go into products that create paychecks for life. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it's one where you can see sort of where the – that one's telegraphed. You can see where that end result's taking you on some of these, unlike the others where maybe they're a little bit more nebulous. That one's sort of telling you right up front, here's where we're taking you. So that's interesting. Right, exactly. Well, that that was a good smattering of some of the ads that I saw. So I guess maybe to put a bow on this part of the conversation – I'm just curious, uh, have, have you come across any ads in this world that you found intriguing or interesting or advertising that you've thought is particularly effective or ones that maybe your clients have brought up to you and you've had to kind of analyze or look at just from your own experience as an advisor? Um, anything else to jump out to you in this, this world of money ads sort of vying for the attention of uh, savers and investors out there? Well, yeah. I mean, this year, especially one that comes to mind is buy gold, right? They got Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad guy out there, you know, saying that, you know, we should buy, buy our silver, buy our gold, buy whatever. And, you know, those ads all play on fear and emotion. And, and you know, the, the whole idea that the you know, world's going to fall apart, the dollar's going to drop to zero, the government's going to take all our assets, and the only thing that you're going to be able to do is have these gold coins that you shove in your safety deposit box or under your mattress and go out and buy groceries with your gold coins. Um, so that totally plays on fear. Not necessarily a great investment over the long term. Gold has not necessarily done that great uh, you know, compared to the S&P 500 the stock market over the years, but they play on that fear and they want to sell you the coins. Obviously there's a markup in there. They want to sell that. Um, so that's one I see all the time. You know, the other one that, that, that I see all the time is that, uh, and I'm actually bringing up specific companies, but, uh, you know, the, the investment firm, the, the Fisher that talks about a fiduciary advisor, we don't charge any fees, you know, no commissions. And then they got some other broker guy that looks down on his luck and whatever. Um, but I, I, the reality is that any fee based fiduciary financial advisor works exactly like that. We just don't have, you know, tens of millions of dollars to throw at national TV ads. 
But, you know, that's exactly what I do, for instance. You know, that we're fee-based advisors. We don't charge commissions. We're complete fiduciaries. When you do well, we do well. It's exactly the same messaging, uh, but they make themselves like they're the only ones that do that. And, uh, yeah, I always find that a curious advertisement I see a lot. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, great to share that perspective with us, Scott. So I appreciate that. Uh, if you are seeing some of these ads and and they're leaving you befuddled, or you're just tired of these things kind of constantly bothering you, and you're not sure which ones you should listen to, what you should pay attention to, what's best for you, there's one real easy way to kind of not have to worry about these things anymore, and that's to get a good financial plan in place. And that's what Scott does. You know, it's not just one of these things, investing like a market master. You know, that's what strikes me about a lot of these things is they're, they're quick hitters, right? They're trying to, a lot of these are trying to get you to a product or selling you the magic bullet, or they're going to solve this problem with this one particular thing. And we know from doing this show for many, many years and talking to Scott, that's not the case, is it? You got to get in. You got to get a full-blown plan in place, comprehensive review. Make sure all these different angles are covered. And when you have that plan in place and you have that additional confidence, seeing these ads, these things that are trying to pull and play at your emotions, they're not going to work anymore because you're already going to know that you've got a solid plan in place. And so if you'd like to take some initial steps to figuring out what that looks like, having that deeper conversation about your plan and getting some customized guidance, Best way to do it is to go to talktoscott.com, and you can schedule a free consult that way. That's talktoscott.com, and we're going to link to that and put additional contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. Scott, thanks for the help on those money ads and breaking those down, and uh, now it's time to get to know you a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. So our fun question for this episode is about periods in history. And I'm curious, if you could live during any other period of history, when would that be, Scott? You know, there's a lot of cool periods of history, right? Uh, I mean, you know, whether it's the old, uh, you know, the Wild West here in the United States or going back to, you know, the uh, you know medieval times, that you know, all that stuff is cool. But... I, I those are all interesting to me, but I keep coming back to the fact that you know life expectancies were kind of short back then. Uh, I think I'd like to stretch it out a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that I, I would probably go with the fifties. I've always been, and a lot of our listeners, you know, you know, have have you know, lived through the fifties. I did not, but I always thought the fifties was fascinating. It was a simple time. There was good, seemed like we had good, you know, morals as a country and we were, uh, you know, there's no social media, any of that type of stuff. It was just a simple time that I think I would have enjoyed living in. I think that's pretty cool. I like that as a as a mindset and as a possibility. Um, I, I would like to have maybe known what it was like to be an adult in the in the 90s. I was a kid okay. in the 90s. I was I was a 90s right. kid, for sure. Yeah, you're a young kid. I kind of wonder what it would have been like to be an adult in the 90s. But I'm with you. I think the 50s would have been pretty cool. Um, I, maybe the, even the roaring 20s would have been kind of interesting. I could, yeah. I could, I could yeah. see that being kind of a neat thing. I could also see it being kind of neat to uh, – I know that it, life was harder back then, but I don't know. It just seems like a neat period of time to live in, um, kind of like maybe in the 1800s. Uh, some of those some of those trips out west, like discovering new areas and moving west across the country would have been pretty sure. cool 
to experience and be that that true sense of like adventure and exploration and all those kinds of things i think would have been where the everyday person could go and be on one of these amazing adventures across the country i know that there was lots of conflict and other things that you know you probably don't want to necessarily take with our knowledge today of what you wouldn't have to deal with but there's something that's sort of i don't know romantic about that i guess now, what about if you could, like, be transported? Now, that would be cool, right? So you could be transported there and just do it for a little while. And then and then when you get a and toothache come back. and you realize what you're going to have to deal with uh, without modern medicine <laughs> that come back. Right, right. You get a headache and you're back, you know. <laughs> right, but, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that would be cool. And then there'd That's be That's not the question, so, though. The question is I know, live in. you got to live in it. Yeah. And then I'm going with the 50s because I want to okay. make sure I don't die at 24. Okay? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, very good. Uh, not the future, so you don't you 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 don't want to bet on the unknown and choose a future period of history. No, no, I'm going back. Yeah, I yep. I, I want to deal with what I know. I was about to say the same thing. Let's deal with what we know. I don't I don't want to necessarily deal with the unknown of the future, which seems <laughs> counter to the whole wanting to go on adventure part. But, um, but yeah, I think that's that's safer at least maybe. Absolutely. Uh, fun to fun to dream about. That's for sure. All right, let's get to know our listeners a little bit better. We got a great question of the of the week on this episode. Let's get to it. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So this question comes to us from Harold. By the way, you can submit questions online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Harold says, I'm almost 60 and don't have any money in Roth IRAs. Should I be converting some IRA money to Roth for the next few years? You know what, Harold? That's a great question. And... Uh, you know, I'm always a firm believer that there's never a bad age to convert money to Roth, but you need to be smart about it. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know about your situation, Harold, so I can't necessarily give you a definitive answer. But, you know, depending on you have to analyze your tax brackets, see kind of where you're at, how much you're going to pay on it, and then how much you're going to convert. You might also use the option of of starting if you're working and you have a company 401k, switch all your contributions to Roth and start building that tax-free money up. But if you start converting slowly and and doing it little by little over the next few years, you can start to accumulate more and more in that Roth. And then when you do retire, you know, there's other techniques you can use too, like artificially dropping your income, delaying taking Social Security to reduce your tax rates and allow you to convert more at extremely low rates. So I love your question. Unfortunately, looking at the 30,000 foot view, yes, you should be looking at adding to Roth IRAs, contributing to the Roth 401k, and converting your IRAs into Roth. But you have to be careful to figure out how much, when, and everything, all the details involved with it. That's a really good, great question, I think, and appreciate you sending that one in to us, Harold. Uh, that's one of those questions that a lot of people are going to probably have a similar one, Scott, I would think, that balance of yes. savings, Roth, traditional 401k, where to save, how much in each you know, little basket there. Very common, and it's very easy to answer if people come in and get a review of their situation. So if that's you, if you're similar to Harold and you're not quite sure how much you should be putting into each of these accounts, or if it's on the tail end of the process, where do I withdraw from first if you have money in different types of accounts? That's all part of the planning process. And again, I invite you to set up that time to visit with Scott by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Or by giving him a call at 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. 
Well, thank you so much for all your help on the show today, Scott, and uh, we'll do another episode soon. I always enjoy it. Thanks, Walter. Lots of fun, as always. On the next episode, we're going to talk about getting it right, irreversible financial decisions. Hmm, things we need to get right the first time because we can't go back and do it again. That's going to be our next topic here on the Retirement Toolbox podcast. So come back and join us for that one. Until then, take care. Go Browns. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.